Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Peret Lamed Ches, Pasuk Aleph, um, that Vayishma Shaftaya ben Matan, Ugedaya ben Pashkur. Two points that will help us set the stage. We saw yesterday a very interesting divergence of opinion as to Tzidkiyahu, the last king of Judea, who was a major protagonist in Lamed Ches as well as the other Prakim, that we always had the common view was that Tzidkiyahu was a hapless, almost nebishy king, unqualified for the job, Every decision he ever made was wrong, whether it was militarily, politically, religiously. He was just, as we've said, the wrong man in the wrong place at the wrong time. And yet we saw yesterday Mephorshim, such as Rashi, who said that Sikyo was in fact a tzaddik. He was a very righteous man. It was the people who were bad, and what his fatal defect was, that he was just scared to oppose the people. We're gonna see egregious examples of that today. In other words, his basic instincts, Yirmiyahu, Tshuva, were right, but it was subsumed by his just overwhelming obsession to please the people. Two, we also see that the events in Perik Lamed Ches occur as well in Chaf Aleph. It's almost a repeat of Chaf Aleph, a shorter version, where basically Yermio sends a really high-powered delegation, I'm sorry, Chizkiyahu sends a high-powered delegation to Yermiyahu to seek his counsel and his advice. And what he says, I'm going back now to Chafalov, Pasuk Beis, Trashna ba'adenu es Hashem. Speak to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. They're urging Yirmiyahu, uh, who's fighting us. Ulai yaseh Hashem osonu b'chol niflosa v'yale me'olenu. Perhaps the Kaddish Baruch Hu will do one of those miracles that he's done for us, like with um, Sancheriv. And Yirmiyahu says, they're supposed to say that yes, he'll go home, Nebuchadnezzar. It's really effrontery because these are the same people who put him in jail. And Yirmiyahu gives them a very tough answer, which we're going to see now reprised in Periklamit Ches. So, Vayishma Shiptayu ben Matan, Ugedaya ben Pashur, Vyuchal ben Shlomyo, Upashrud ben Malkia. These are the four top elite nobles who are sent on this mission to Yirmiyo. And this is what Yirmiyahu says, and this is the answer he gives them, and of course we're going to see they don't like it. This is what God says. Anyone who stays here, 
during Nebuchadnezzar's siege of Yerushalayim and doesn't surrender, doesn't raise the right flag, decides he's going to fight till the last man, will die from the sword, alternatively from famine or from pestilence. The Hayotzeilah costume, conversely, if you go out and we raise the right flag of surrender to the Chaldeans, which is the same as the Babylonians, the His soul, his life will be to him as shalol, as booty. In other words, it will be a found thing because if you don't go out, you're going to die. If you do go out, you're going to live as if your life has been returned to you. So, Koamar Hashem, in other words, give the city of Yerushalayim over to Nebuchadnezzar and his army. He will destroy it, but you will live. This delegation of four is infuriated because they are exponents of the theory, fight till the last man. Resist, and so they listen to it. You must know You must put to death this man Yirmiyahu. He is weakening the resolve of our soldiers. He is weakening the conviction of those who are going to resist in the city. And the rest of the nation just speaking these terribly defeatist sentiments to them. He is not seeking the welfare of the nation. He is seeking the bad. He is seeking to do harm to the nation. Now, a perfect example of Sikiyoho's fawning, obsequious, toadying to the, what he believes is the will of the people. Here, he is in your hands. Because in truth, the king cannot refute anything you've said. He's the one that sent the delegation saying, maybe you will pray for us for a miracle. And now when they turn against him, he's saying, he's yours. Do what you want. And now comes the worst punishment. We saw yesterday the Avarbanel says that he was thrown into jail four times during his 40-year prophecy period. This is the worst one. They throw him into the pit of Malkiah, who's the son of Sitkiah, that was built in the courtyard of the prison. There's an original prison there, but now they've installed a pit. They lower him with ropes. There's no water in the pit. It is mud, wet quicksand mud. And Yumiol is sinking into that mud. In other words, they deliberately put no water in there. Some of them, unfortunately, say they deliberately put no water because it's a deep pit. They don't want to be responsible for him drowning. They don't want to say that he drowned. He's in the pit. He sinks slowly into the quicksand. By Yishma Eved Melech Hakushi, 
interesting. The Eved Melech is a name. He is a, um, we're not sure of his identity, but he is a servant of the king. That is his name, Hakushi. Kushi is an Ethiopian. But here it means, by issue, we're not sure whether it means him, because he was in fact possibly a foreigner, an Ethiopian. Isharis, Bahubaves Hamelach, he is in the king's palace. He He is alarmed, they threw him into the pit. And the king is sitting in Sharbin which is a secluded part. He doesn't want to see anybody. He wants just seclusion. It could also mean, say, the Mephoshim, the stranger is Baruch Beneria, who becomes, we know, uh, he is the scribe of Yermio and later his successor. Um, in the interim, he alerts, and by the way, the Gemara says that this man uh, who alerted the king, uh, Eved Melech Hakushi, is one of 10 people who are given instant Gan Eden on earth, are guaranteed of their share in Gan Eden here on earth because of what they did to alert the Tzikiyot. <coughs> Yirmiyot would have died. Eved Melech goes and tells him, Adoni HaMelech, Horeyu HaNoshima, Elu Eskola, Shero Soli Yirmiyot, they're doing terrible things to Yirmiyot HaNavi. Esa HaSher Hishlichu El Habor, Vayomos Tachtov, he's going to die there, if not for sinking in the quicksand, Mipnei HaRav, from the famine, Ki Ein HaLechem Oboir. The situation is gone in the city where the the siege is so strong, there's no bread left. So if he doesn't die of drowning in mud, he will die of starvation. Now, look at this sudden reversal. I mean, he seems to be a moral coward, Sikiyo. Take 30 men with you, and get Yermio out of that horrible pit before he dies. 30, the Mephoshans, they seem an excessive amount of men. You could have done three to haul them up with a rope. The reason they give is that the siege was so advanced, the starvation level so uh, extreme, that you need 30, they didn't have the strength Three people wouldn't have had to send, you had to send 30. He takes them by hand, could intimate that they are too weak to go, he has to pull them by hand, or maybe forcefully he has to take them. He goes to the king's place under the treasury. He gathers there rags, old dried rags and pieces, strips of clothing. He drops it down to Yermio and Chavolim. Why? He instructs him, Put these rags and clothing strips under your armpits under the rope that I'm going to haul you out. The idea is that the 
pulling him up can be so painful and in his weakened condition, he had to have something to cushion his armpits. And they pull him out, but he now goes back, and this could be voluntarily, to the prison he was held in initially. Now now, look at what Sikio does. He sends for him. The third gate, which is in the base Hamikdash, again, a extremely secluded spot. He doesn't want anyone to see. He's meeting with Yirmiyahu. I'm asking you, what is the Kaddish Baruch Hu's counsel? What are you counseling? What is our exit strategy from this? Hasn't he been told already? Yes. <laughs> says Yumiyo, I'm in catch 22 here. If I tell you the truth, if I tell you exactly what's going to happen, you're going to kill me. And if I give you advice and tell you how to avert this, in other words, the surrender plan, you're not going to listen to me. I'm under no obligation. We learn from this that in giving tochacha, rebuke, one is not obligated to do it if it's not going to be listened to, if he knows for sure he's not going to be listened to. And that's the situation he has here. But now CPO is all reason. By Yeshava HaMelech Sikio, he takes a solemn oath, El Yirmiyo, Besaser, secretly, because everything has to be done secretly, Neymar, Chai Hashem, I take an oath, Asher HaSolanu Es HaNefesh Hazeh, by the God who gave us our lives, Ima Mishra, if I would put you to death, Vimet Necha Biyat HaNashim HaEle, Hashem Mevachim Es Nafshecha, or I would turn you over to those men who plot your death. This is what God is saying. If you go out to Melech Bavel, if you go out, you surrender. This city will not be burnt with fire. And you and your people, your children, will live. It's as simple as that. And the converse, you don't go out the it will be given to the Kazdim who burnt in flames to the ground. You will not escape them. Simple as that. But this is what worries me. I need to is I am worried. Those that have already defected to the Babylonians, the Babylonians may want to <coughs> reward them with me as the prize. They would turn me over to these people. And not that he's afraid of death, he says, but that he's worried about being humiliated. And that's what drives him the fear of being humiliated by his own people, and that that's what he's worried about. They will not give you over. 
שמענו בקול השם לאשר, אני דובר אליך וייטב לך ושכי נפשך. Listen to what I'm telling you to do. It will be good with you and you will live. That's the most important part. You will survive this. And if you refuse, you decline to do what I'm telling you to do, this is what the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to do. Those women who say will disagree with what you're doing. They are laughing. Your strategy is foolish. Your strategy is going to lead to wholesale death, and you are just going to drown in it uh, by turning it away, turning away from surrender. And all your women and all your sons are taken out to the Kazdim and you will not survive it. You will not escape from them. You will be turned over. You will not live under the Babylonians and you will be burnt in fire. No one should know about this conversation we've had so that you won't die. In other words, I'm concerned about you. Now he gives him a strategy of how to evade these nobles. And if they hear the nobles, that I've spoken with you, they're going to come to you, tell us, so what was the conversation between you and the king? Don't leave out a thing, we will not put you to death if you tell us the truth. What did you and the king discuss? While Martel lay him, and this is Sikio instructing him, he goes, say to them, what I said was, don't send me back to that terrible pit. I don't want to die there. In other words, conversation wasn't a deep military strategy. Conversation was me pleading for my life. And as on cue, they come and they ask him, what did he discuss? And they withdrew from him, satisfied that nothing heavy was discussed, like surrender. He goes back to his prison, as an portion say, this might be self-imposed. Until Yerushalayim is destroyed, and we lead right into the next parrot tomorrow of Yerushalayim's destruction, 8.45 a.m.